0: hello everyone i'm harrison
1: and i'm rachel
0: this week we're talking about lessons we learned in the first month primarily with feeding and pumping so stay tuned and join us on our journey to raise raise baby
1: baby H. h say that in each month so far there has been a big lesson that we've had to learn and figure out in the first month it was all about feeding and pumping
0: as you may know there was a lot of misunderstanding or misinformation about feeding edison
1: so we're just going to put it out there and say that we feel really stupid and hopefully somebody listening to this will learn from our naive mistakes
0: there's a popular saying that babies are made to survive first-time parents And we are very glad that our mistakes with feeding Edison haven't had an effect on his health past his first week of life. So today we're going to talk about what we've learned in that first month.
1: So today's episode is just like a general like what you need to know about feeding your baby, whether it's breastfeeding, formula feeding and things that we learned. And I just have to say that there's so much unnecessary controversy around how you feed your baby. It doesn't matter. Like if someone else is not the one buying the formula for your baby, providing the breast milk for your baby, it should not matter to them how your baby is being fed as long as they're growing.
0: In season one, we did an episode with Rachel's mom and her sister-in-law. And the saying that we walked out of with is, fed is best. And really, that is what matters, is that your baby is getting food, that they're gaining weight, and that they're growing. And you need to figure out what works for you. And from what we have found, there's... And from what we have found with a lot of research and reading about a wide variety of things, most of the benefits for breastfeeding are actually... For the mom there's actually very few benefits for breastfeeding that can be scientifically proven for your baby and if you find a study that does prove that breastfeeding is better for your baby you need to look into whether it's biased in some other way because a lot of times they are and it makes it seem like the impact is much larger just make sure your baby gets fed
1: so the first thing that we really did not understand is the amount that your baby needs to eat, especially in that first week, because it changes so much. So we thought that because everyone throws out five to seven milliliters, we thought, okay, in the first 24 hours, Edison only needs to eat five milliliters, and he's good to go.
0: The biggest reason we thought this is that immediately after Edison was born, and we talked to the nurse about him just not latching very well. She was like, uh, it's not really a big deal. He only needs to eat five milliliters. For the first 24 hours, he doesn't really need to eat that much, so you're fine. So we genuinely thought in 24 hours, he only needed five milliliters. And that is such a tiny amount. It's just insane.
1: And baby's stomachs are really small. They can't hold more than five milliliters when they're first born. But what we didn't understand is that they mean every three hours or so.
0: So that five to seven milliliters in the first 24 hours, that is per feeding. And with all of these feedings, the typical frequency that you should be feeding your baby is two and a half to three hours. Eventually, you can start to space it out more. But that's kind of the time range that they're talking about.
1: So the amount that they need to eat very quickly starts to go up. So by the time they're two to three days old, they need just under an ounce per feeding. By the time they're one week old, they need one and a half to two ounces per feeding. And by the time they're one month old, they should be eating three to five ounces every three to four hours.
0: After you get past one month, the numbers for feeding are gonna change a lot depending on whether you're using formula or breast milk. What we have learned about breast milk is that babies need less breast milk than they would need formula because breast milk changes as your baby grows. It becomes more nutrient rich, so they don't need the same volume to get all of the nutrients. But formula doesn't change as the baby grows, so instead of being more nutrient rich, you just need to feed your baby more of it.
1: Also, since we, uh, since we have been exclusively pumping, and that's a pretty new trend with moms, um, there isn't a whole lot of research on whether when you're exclusively pumping, if you should follow the standards for a breastfed baby or if you should follow the standards for a formula-fed baby as far as ounceage. And what we have been doing so far is just taking our cues from Edison. He's still growing very well. He doesn't seem like he needs, like he's hungry or he needs more ounceage. And so for now, we've just kind of capped him off at four ounces.
0: One of the things that's very difficult about breastfeeding a baby, other than the fact of them getting the food, which is a whole nother battle in itself, is that you never really know how much food your baby has eaten. When we were talking with lactation consultant, what they did was weighed Edison before we fed him and then fed him, then immediately weighed him again. And they could tell how many ounces he had eaten. And unless you have this system at home, if you're breastfeeding your baby, you're really going to have no clue how much they ate. And all you can do in that scenario is pay attention to how long you're feeding on each side and really just pay attention to your baby. Is your baby constantly hungry? Does you think you need to be feeding them for longer to maybe get more amounts? But in general, for breastfed babies, you should just be feeding whenever the baby is hungry and that is going to help your supply.
1: And that is what can make breastfeeding very hard and challenging in the first few months because your baby is just really trying to make up for those first few days when your milk hadn't come in yet and um, trying to establish your supply, which seems kind of weird that like your baby knows intuitively that they need to establish your supply. But it is really hard. And so I would say that even just i was just exclusively pumping i was not feeding edison on demand and it was still very challenging and taking a toll on me to have to pump every three hours
0: even though breastfeeding is considered the natural way it doesn't really work out for everybody all the time it is a very difficult thing and there's lots of stuff that could go wrong Mom might not have a great supply at the beginning because it does take some time for milk to come in. After the milk comes in, you might not be keeping up with the amount that your baby needs to eat. And on top of all of that, your baby could just not latch. So it's not always an issue with mom. Sometimes there's just things with your baby that makes it very, very difficult to breastfeed. And that is a lot of the issues that we ran into. But breastfeeding is all about supply and demand after your baby is first born mom's body is going to produce hormones that start making milk and can kind of keep that supply going but you have to get that milk moving in order for your body to keep creating more so if you're having a hard time getting a full feeding for your baby you may need to pump at the beginning to help a little bit with your supply
1: Something that the lactation consultant really advised me against when we met prenatally was to not pump too early because then you start this vicious cycle of oversupply. If you're breastfeeding and pumping on top of it, your body is going to think that you're feeding, you have an extra feeding per day.
0: Another concern with breastfeeding is a lot of the other issues that can happen, like getting mastitis or having an infection or, you know, just all of these things that could happen. And the largest concern, I think, is mastitis. And the lactation consultant before Edison was here was really trying to let us know that Mastitis happens when your milk doesn't move. It just sits there and then it gives you an infection. So you want to try to avoid an oversupply at all costs because that is going to help reduce your chances of getting mastitis.
1: And I also have to throw in there that not everyone can help it if they have an oversupply. Um, Some people don't produce enough and they just really wish that they did have an oversupply And some people that have an oversupply really struggle with clogs and things like that. And they wish that they would produce just enough for their baby so that they didn't have to spend all this extra time pumping. So it really is a tough comparison game and just try to be grateful for what you are producing and what you can provide for your baby and not think about what someone
0: else can do. While you're in the hospital, if a lactation consultant or a nurse or somebody tells you that you might need to start pumping, it's not something to be super concerned about. There are still ways that you can give that to your baby and do it the way that you want. So if you want to do it through a bottle after whatever you've pumped, that is something that you're able to do, provided that you're pumping over 5 milliliters. Because if it's under 5 milliliters, they don't really want you to put it in a bottle. But if you don't wanna introduce a bottle, they also have systems for that. So if it's under five milliliters, they're gonna want you to feed your baby with a syringe. And we did this with Edison for a little while. And basically, these syringes are one milliliter, you fill them up with whatever the mom was able to pump, and then it's a very weird feeling, but you just stick your finger inside your baby's mouth, and then whenever they're sucking on it, you just start pushing down the syringe. And we did that for a little bit and it probably took Edison like 10 minutes to eat one milliliter.
1: Syringe feeding on top of paste bottle feeding are systems that you can use if you need to feed your baby through syringe or bottle temporarily with the intention of going back to breastfeeding. So we did do that a little bit at first with Edison. And then once we kind of realized that breastfeeding like latching was not going to be our situation. We didn't really care so much if he was paste feeding.
0: If you are concerned about introducing a bottle for your baby and you are creating over five milliliters of colostrum, then you can do what is called a cup feed. We can't provide a whole lot of information for that because we did not do it, but basically the way it works is they give you a cup and you try to feed your baby with it.
1: Another big indicator for if your baby is getting enough, is how many diapers they have per day. So what we were told is that they need one wet diaper and one dirty diaper per day of life. So if they're one day old, they need one wet diaper, one dirty diaper until they're six days old. And then it should stay at six wet diapers, six to seven per day, and then like three or four dirty diapers. I'm not really sure because this method or this algorithm has not been true for Edison.
0: Yeah, the diaper output really has not matched for Edison. Part of that is because he was jaundiced. So we were trying to overfeed him to get that jaundice out. So it did skew these numbers a whole lot. And after we brought Edison home, we did have a brief period of time where we were concerned because he hadn't pooped in like two or three days. And this is one of those things that's just different about breastfed babies versus formula-fed babies. For formula babies, they really want to see a poopy diaper or a dirty diaper about once a day. But with a breastfed baby, they don't really care how frequently you have a dirty diaper as long as you have one at least once a week. Now, the volume of that diaper does matter. So if your baby is only making a dirty diaper once a week, it should be a massive blowout.
1: Another thing that is kind of concerning to our families that we've just kind of accepted as it is, is the consistency of his poops. So it's very liquidy. And I kind of think that's a testament to God's design in a way because babies' stomachs are not really finished developing until they're about three months old. So it kind of makes sense that, their poop just kind of flows through them because they don't really have those muscles in place to be pushing a whole lot.
0: It really is funny but shouldn't be funny. But if you've ever watched a newborn try to poop, you just are so grateful that they're not pooping solids yet because it would just be an absolute disaster. So breastfed babies do have a much more runny poop. It's like the doctor's typically refer to it like your snot. It's just like really, really runny. It's very mustardy color and that is just normal. But for formula-fed babies, their poop will have a whole different color. It's definitely not going to be so yellow and it might be a little bit more like slime than like water.
1: Something that's interesting about our story is that we have fed Edison every way that a baby can be fed. And so there are some things that we've learned with each type of feeding.
0: So when we say that we fed Edison almost every single way, it is because in the hospital for a good period of time, we were supplementing with formula. So we spent a lot of time dealing with formula and really had considered whether we were going to need to do formula at home as well.
1: A few things that we learned is that Our doctor really recommended using the ready-to-feed formula for the first two months because something about the powdered formula isn't sterile enough or sanitary enough for um, an infant under two months old because they just have a really fragile immune system, digestive system, etc.
0: That was... big news to us because we know quite a few people that have formula fed their baby and I don't know of any of them that use the ready mix until two months so we weren't really expecting that at all but when you're in the hospital they have all of these bottles of ready mix and you can use that there and they're actually going to send some of it home with you and if your nurse is really nice and you just like ask really politely I suppose then they might send you home with an even larger stash of it so maybe you don't have to go buy a ton because the ready-mix formula is significantly more expensive than the powdered formula.
1: Formula is digested a little bit slower so you should see pretty early on that your baby is going to be able to go longer without needing to eat so they could go up to like four or five hours between a feeding.
0: This is a huge benefit when you're talking about trying to get your baby to sleep overnight. And it is much more common for formula-fed babies to be sleeping through the night faster than breastfed babies because it takes their digestive system just a little bit longer to make it through all the formula. And so that is really a common thing. Something that we talked a lot about formula when we were just looking into it is how do they actually make this stuff? Like where does it come from? And what we ended up finding out is that most formula is actually dehydrated cow's milk and then they add some additional supplements that your baby is going to need and then you just rehydrate it with water and basically it makes the formula for your baby.
1: So if your baby is showing signs of an allergy, like they have hives or blood in their poop, then you may need to switch to a gentle formula or a soy-based or something that's not cow's milk-based. So if you're giving your baby completely breast milk, there are some things that you may need to add or remove from your diet. So similarly to formula, if your baby is showing Signs of an allergy, you may need to do something called an elimination diet, which basically means that the mom would stop eating dairy, is a really common one, or whatever your baby is allergic to. And your doctor can do a test, a stool test, to see what your baby is allergic to.
0: We're very fortunate to not be in a scenario where Edison is allergic to anything in the breast milk that we know of yet. So we haven't had to go down this route a lot, but we have seen and heard of lots of people that have these allergies. And I definitely think the hardest part is figuring out what your baby is actually allergic to. And unfortunately, it just takes some trial and error.
1: If your baby is getting only breast milk, Sometimes you may need to add a probiotic or a vitamin D supplement into your baby's diet. This can be through a drop that is meant for infants that you give to them or mom can take an extra large dose of vitamin D or a daily probiotic and that will be passed on to your baby.
0: What has worked best for us is taking a vitamin D drop that is meant to be just given directly to an infant and we just put a drop of it in the milk. And as long as Edison finishes that entire bottle, he will get the entire drop so we don't have to worry about it. Our pediatrician recommended that we do this because breast milk does not have any vitamin D in it, but formula does. They add it into formula. So if you are formula feeding your baby, this is not something you have to worry about.
1: Formula also includes a ton of vitamins that are really good for your baby, but that can be fixed by the mom just continuing to take a prenatal vitamin.
0: Another big thing to consider when you are breastfeeding is that everything the mom consumes eventually will make it to your baby. So that includes things like these vitamins and the stuff that you eat, but it also means if you're on any antibiotics, which you may have to take after your delivery, And that is also going to make it to your baby. So after the delivery, Rachel was on some antibiotics for an infection that she got. And that had an impact on Edison as well.
1: A lot of people when they're breastfeeding are concerned about alcohol and if that can be passed on to your baby. And originally, years ago, the thought was if you don't feel safe enough to drive, that milk is not safe to give to your baby. And that's definitely a standard that I am following because I don't even really want to risk passing on any alcohol to Edison. But there has been more evidence that has come out recently that alcohol doesn't really cross into breast milk at all. And if it does, it's the amount of alcohol that is in the orange
0: juice that you buy at the store. In general, when it comes to alcohol consumption and breastfeeding, it's just something that you need to be aware of and really find what you're comfortable with and basically just take it from there.
1: Another thing with breastfeeding in the early days is that your milk doesn't come in until three to seven days after birth. I think it was like day four or five for me. And it really does happen overnight. You just wake up and you're like, holy crap, my boobs are like twice the size that they were when I went to bed last night. (laughs) And really the best thing that you can do at that time is just continue with whatever schedule you have. So if you're breastfeeding, just feed your baby as they need to feed. Like you don't need to increase, you don't need to pump in between feedings. And if you're pumping, just stick to your every two to three hours schedule and eventually the engorgement will pass.
0: If you are having issues with engorgement or a lot of pain, there is a ton of great stuff out there that you can use to help you. And Rachel found these engorgement masks that really seemed to help her and we just got quite a few of them and anytime it was particularly painful, Rachel would use one of those just to get some pain relief.
1: I have a slight oversupply so I can go into that a little bit more in our exclusive pumping episode. But... There are a lot more things that you have to worry about with milk removal when you are producing more than your baby is eating.
0: Before Rachel's milk had come in, we spent a lot of time doing a combo feed. And it was something that we found very interesting that you can mix formula and breast milk and it doesn't really cause any issues in the milk. It does cause a little bit of a digestive issue if if you're gonna switch back and forth a lot for your baby. But as long as you're consistent with the schedule and hopefully you can move more towards just breast milk or just formula, then those digestive issues are going to go away. Another thing to keep in mind if you are formula feeding is that you can mix multiple formulas together. So if you're trying to transition from one brand of formula to another brand of formula, you may consider mixing those together as you start to transition from Formula 1 over to Formula 2 so that your baby gets used to it over time.
1: There's also a couple different methods that you can use while combo feeding. So like Harrison mentioned, you can put them together in the same bottle. You can give your baby two bottles per feeding. So say we're doing four ounces, you can do two ounces of formula and two ounces of breast milk in separate bottles, or you can rotate feedings and do one whole feeding of breast milk and one whole feeding of formula.
0: We typically use the formula as a top off. So we would give him a bottle of breast milk. And if he seemed a little bit hungry, we would give him just a little bit more formula to try to finish that off. What we did find happening quite often as we were figuring out how much he needed to eat is he'd eat a whole bottle of breast milk and then he'd eat a half bottle of breast milk. And then we'd end up in this situation where we always were using like one and a half bottles of breast milk whenever we fed him and it just became really complicated. And so what we ended up switching to was just anytime we needed a little bit out of the next bottle, we just tried to use formula because then it didn't cause this huge mess.
1: Unfortunately, Edison was one of the unlucky ones that had digestive issues from switching back and forth. So we ultimately have not used formula in quite some time because it just wasn't working out for him. And luckily I produce enough that we can just give him more breast milk and it's fine.
0: There are a ton of different ways that you can feed your baby and we have tried a ton of different versions of it just in one month to figure out what works best for us and really I would still go by the idea that feeding your baby whatever way you can whatever way makes it easiest for you and your family that is the way to go For us, what has worked best is exclusively pumping. So we are giving him as much breast milk as we can and using formula if we absolutely have to, to top him off. But he is pretty much never, and we don't really plan on trying to switch him back to nursing directly from Rachel.
1: There's definitely a lot to unpack with exclusive pumping and so we'll dive into that a little bit in the future. There's a lot of hacks that you can learn that will make it easier for you, but it really is just what works best for you, and as long as you are doing your research, making sure that they're getting enough, having enough diapers, then it really isn't a concern to anyone else. There's so much to learn about feeding your baby, and you can't really figure out what works best for you until your baby is here. And we've said it before and we'll say it again, but fed is best.
0: Next time we're going to talk about exclusively pumping and some tips and tricks that can make it easier. Thanks for joining us.
1: See you next time.